your Michigan State basketball Spartans 67, Penn State 58. Of course, we're going to talk about that great road win for Michigan State. And also, well, how are we the fans feeling about this season so far? And then to end the show, some football talk, including Michigan State's potential new quarterback target for the 2023 class. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friends, family, Spartan fans, Locked On Spartans listeners and viewers, how on earth are we all doing? I cannot thank you enough for kicking off your day or ending your night, any whatever time of the day you're listening to this. Hey, thanks a lot for doing so with us here at Locked On Spartans. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and hey, if you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. We're going to get to a few mailbag questions today, actually. Someone hit us up during the game. Someone hit us up about football a few days ago. We'll dabble into both here, but uh, hey, really cannot thank you enough for tuning into today's show, and this, this will be a fun one. We haven't done a lot of these in a while. Uh, look at us talk about a Michigan State victory, 67-58 to in Happy Valley against a Penn State team that had an eight-day break between games. Michigan State playing their third game in the last eight days, and well, yeah, MSU also had to do it on the road. Look, your second game of the conference season is never a must-win. That'd be ridiculous to say this was a must-win game, but it was important. It 100% was. Look, they dropped a bad game to start the Big Ten play against Northwestern at home. All right, yeah, the Notre Dame game beforehand didn't go too great either. And now you're looking at, oh no, a 5-5 five and five record down the barrel. But not so fast, my friends. This was a great win from Michigan State. We will never apologize for a road win. Absolutely. And hey, look, at the end of the day, Michigan State was underdogs going into this game. But hey, did not worry. Pulled it out thanks to two stories is what we're going to talk about. A.J. Hogard and the coaching. A.J. Hogard. 23 points. That's a career high and just two turnovers on the game. And we're going to talk about something that he said after the game, before we get into anything they did during the game. And he said, quote, I had a lot of growing up to do. Coach lit a fire under me. He told me what I needed to do and his reasons why. Now, if you'll remember the Northwestern game, AJ came off the bench because, well, he was throwing the ball all over the lot. Yes, he had a lot of points. He was doing okay offensively, but it was just okay and not great because he was turning the ball over three, four, five times a game, and he got that out of him. And if also you remember that Northwestern game too, at the end of the game, well, unfortunately it didn't matter because MSU still lost, 19 points were scored at the end of that game, and A.J. Hogard assisted or scored 17 of those points. So, great response to the second half against Northwestern dynamite game today when they needed him the most at Penn State and yeah he also got it going too early in the first half 10 points at halftime just one turnover made the big plays in the second half found Tyson Walker on the perimeter for that three-pointer six minutes 50 seconds to go when god it felt like the 20 minutes before that was just both teams exchanging one point leads finds Tyson Walker Tyson Walker hits the shot. Michigan State, four-point lead. It only got back down to two points once, but, hey, that was a big play to get a two-possession lead as we're going into the final minutes of the game. And then also, at, hey, 
I know it's not the sexiest play, but free throws are important, and he went four for four on his bonus free throws in the last minute as well. And just solid defense, too, uh, against uh, Jalen Pickett. He had that great block as well late in the game when it may have seemed like it was already over. It was a six-point lead, but that puts the icing on the cake right there. So, yes, just an all-around awesome game from A.J. Hogard entirely. Uh, and then also, too, we got to tip our hat to coaching, right? I mean, as if, you know, the Hall of Fame coach needs any more praise. But, yeah, heck, yeah, we're going to give it to him because we'll, we'll say things when we don't necessarily agree with him. But, holy smokes, what a coaching performance by Tom Izzo. First half, second half look completely different defensively. The halftime adjustments were superb. And whether it was the game plan going in of, hey, you know what, we're going to help defense inside when they get the ball inside, we are going to collapse, leave your shooter, and then, well, in the first half, they always found that open shooter once the defense did collapse. Now, whether that was the game plan or, uh-oh, guys just didn't follow the game plan and he just really had to hammer it into them at halftime, regardless, second half, okay, ball gets kicked inside, Good luck. We're going to do some one-on-one. -on -one. We might help out a little bit, but we're not going to go as far as sagging off of a north of 40% three-point shooter. And hey, that paid off in spades. Penn State, how many three-pointers did they make in the second half? How many three-pointers did a top 23-point shooting team in the nation make in the second half? You probably already know the answer because they said it seven times in the last minute of the broadcast. But it's just one three-pointer. Penn State, one of the most dangerous three-point shooting teams in the country, got one three-pointer in. And also, the last five minutes and six seconds, just one field goal made as well. The second half was just absolute coaching clinic. Outcoached uh, Micah Shrewsbury, who I think is a fantastic coach himself too, but Tom Izzo, a little bit more fantastic-er. And I just love the lineups he was playing there in the second half. Not a lot of Mickey Mouse operations going on there, even though the, the depth kind of forces your hand into playing some uncomfortable lineups, but it was said, not in this second half. We're, we're not going to do that. We're going to beat the brakes off some guys, and we're going we're gonna to leave here with the win. And that they did. Uh, really quick before getting to an email question on A.J. Hogard, I just want to point out some other guys too, because it wasn't just A.J. having you know a good game. There were some other good games as well. Like, hey, Joey Hauser. Okay, hello. Let's go. 12 points. How about this? 15 rebounds. And amongst those 12 points, too, no three-pointers. No three-pointers from Joey Hauser. Uh, look, this was another good coaching matchup as well. I mean, Izzo probably saw the <clears throat> excuse me, vulnerable, vulnerable front court that Penn State has and says, hey, if you have a chance to get inside, bang that thing down low inside and get yourself a bucket. And that's what happened with Joey Hauser. That didn't seem to, to hurt him whatsoever. And also, too, speaking of having a nice day on the low block, how about Jackson Kohler, specifically in the first half? That was his best half of basketball as a Michigan State Spartan. Uh, six points in the first half. He had that nice free throw line jumper. He had a nice little footwork up and over. Uh, it was the, the full Jackson Kohler package we were really kind of expecting to see this season. And this game in the first half, he just seemed slower. And I mean that in the nicest compliment possible because the last few games... Seemed a little skittish out there. Seemed a little too fast. Like uh, he was almost borderline panicking. But seemed calm, cool, and collected. And this was a front court that he could really get his feet wet against. So yes, put up six shot attempts in the first half. That's a ton for Jackson Kohler. 
scored six points, so just have to shout him out as well. Tyson Walker, just a fine game, but hey, if you're getting 14 points in just a fine game, yeah, I mean, that means you're just a hell of a player then. Uh, three assists, no turnovers as well. And just his second game without a steal, actually. Uh, we always just assume Tyson Walker is going to get a steal or two per game, but didn't have one today, but that doesn't mean he played bad defense either. He stuck to his guys fairly well in the second half. And just want to shout out Trey Holloman as well. Just 10 minutes of play, no points, no shot attempts, but man, oh man, for those 10 minutes, play like he was shot out of a cannon. And if you have a kid that can play perimeter defense with that much range and that high of a motor, okay, that's really, really good 10 minutes from a true freshman in Trayvon Holloman. So have to shout him out as well. Really quick, emailer Justin writes in, first time emailer, long time listener, how well does AJ straddle the line of effective leader versus toxic leader? Seems like one game he's the best floor general we could ask for, and other games his body language is terrible, and he's yelling at teammates for his own mistakes. I'm all for Captain getting on his guys, but more often than I'm sorry, more often I'd like to see him bringing the team. Or okay, I screwed that one up. But more often than I'd like, he is bringing the team down to his level. Nailed that. Sorry, you wrote that correct, Justin. I just can't read correctly. Um, so. Long story short, I think he straddles it just fine. Uh, just a-okay. Yes, it, it 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 looks rude. Just point blank rude and a-hole-ish uh, when he's barking at Jackson Kohler relentlessly for missing a screen. But this is the kind of leadership that Tom Izzo likes. And the, the thing that is up to the top for me uh, as to why I think that this works uh, with A.J. Hogard and his teammates is like, remember who these kids are playing for. Right, I, I mean, Tom Izzo is no, you know, picnic of a man to play for. He's probably the same in practice, so they're just getting the Tom Izzo version on the actual basketball court. And look, it, it also helps when the guy doing all this is putting up 23 points as well. It would be a lot different if AJ was having like a 7-point performance on 3 of 14 shooting, just being awful. But look, he was fired up. He was getting his guys out there, and we hear up and down all the time about player-led teams. Izzo barks up and down about it, and this is exactly what you get. And also, too, I do want to try to pull up a video right here uh, just to get an idea of what the team feels or how the team feels about A.J. Hogarth. So if you're watching on YouTube, um, this is very easy for you to see. But, hey, after the game, A.J. Hogarth gets back to the locker room and, uh, yeah, Players absolutely love him. Teammates absolutely positively love him. I'm sure it's all love off the court. I think it's just all business on the court as well. So that's my take on, on the whole thing. I, it's also been a while since we've seen an aggressive, you know, captain like that. It has been a good two or three years since we've seen guys get in each other's face at that volume. So I think we just also have to just reintroduce ourselves to that style of captaincy if you will. Now, we're going to talk more about basketball here in a hot second, but first, I have to talk your ear off about LinkedIn Jobs. That's right. You already know LinkedIn, the very best place to find a job, or, hey, did you know the very best place to find candidates? These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You're going to post your job to your profile, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and spread the word that you are hiring. 
Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's talk more shooty hoops. Uh, hey, this is who we have coming up next for our Michigan State Spartans. And man, is it nice to go into the stretch six and four rather than five and five? Um, yes, it's just one game difference, but I don't know. To, to my stupid brain, um, just just seeing the number six and four it looks a lot better than five and five. I, I can't explain it, but here is who you have in the next five games. And oh my God, can you believe it? They actually have five home games coming up. Wow, this team's actually going to play in their own gym for a stretch at a time here. This is crazy. So, not only are we going to go through the, the games right here, but we are going to hop on to BartTorvik.com and get the projected spreads for this game as well. So, Saturday, coming up, you have Brown. All right, Bart Torvik has you slated as 12.8 point favorites with a 91% chance of winning. Woohoo! I like that one a lot. And then... Well, I don't like this. You have an 11-day break between games, but then you play Oakland at home, projected to win that game by 21.7 points. Oakland is not good this year. 97% chance of winning. Then after that, a 9-day break, and then you play Buffalo. 14.2 points is your projected uh, margin of victory per Bart Torvik. 90% chance of winning. And then Big Ten play starts up again. You play Nebraska. Bart Torvik has you winning that game by six points. And then Michigan comes to East Lansing. You are favored in that game, per the computers of BartTorvik.com, by 5.2 points. So Michigan State, five home games, favored in all five. And it doesn't get like that for the rest of the season, though. Uh, there are going to be some gauntlets in this Big Ten Conference that's all of a sudden a really good conference this year. Here I am, just sitting here getting excited that, hey, it might be a down year. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be great. We'll muck it up, maybe finish in the top four. But, okay, apparently a lot of teams just decided to be really good this year. Great. Awesome. So that is who we have before heading into the gauntlet. You have a good shot of getting out of the rest of this month and early in January with an 11-4 and record. Okay, that's going to make us feel a little bit better because uh, right now not everyone does feel good, even with the win. Now, if you're on YouTube, I'm going to share this again. Yes, that's right. We're doing a lot of uh, graphics here on today's show. It makes me uncomfortable as it makes you uncomfortable. But if you're listening on the podcast, let's break down what we have for you. I tweeted out, hey, let's get a vibe check on the season. How are you feeling? And I gave it seven levels of good vibes. From number one, which is the best vibe possible, to number seven, which is just horrendous vibes. Number one is final four flights and hotels are booked. Number two is, hey, everything is awesome. All right, yeah, it's great. Woo, we're having a good time. Number three is, okay, I I genuinely look forward to game days. You know, when I wake up, I smile when there's a game today. Number four, right in the middle, it's fine. That's all, it's fine. Number five is saying, it's fine, but really deep down inside, you know it's not fine at all. So it's almost like lying to yourself is number five. Number six in our levels of 
fan vibeness. Number six is I laugh to keep from crying. And then number seven is just straight up spiraling. Like we are at DEFCON 1 of all of our emotions. So he threw that out to Twitter. People gave answers, honest to God, anywhere between like a five and a half to a two and a half. So this fan base, ho ho, is all over the place. And would you expect anything different? Uh, this is quite a team to be a fan of because, hey, expectations are always up here. And sometimes, hey, the production you get is all the way up here as well. But the last few seasons, uh-oh, we're kind of middling. But, hey, this one helps. Personally, for me, I'm a three and a half. I'm between... I genuinely look forward to game days, and it's fine. Look, 6-4 and four after that just nasty gauntlet of a non-conference stretch. You absolutely take that. When you add in the context, too, that you were miss missing Malik Hall for the last five games now. So, that is where I'm at, but hey, enough about me and my thoughts. Let's get to your thoughts out there as well. Rachel, who always responds to these. Rachel's awesome. Love Rachel. Solid three and a half after tonight. Hey, just like me. Like, yes, Tom, the grueling schedule will help us in March, but for the love of God, Tom, we have to actually survive to make it to March, she writes in all caps. That said, proud of how this team responded, especially with two injuries, we'll happily take six and four. I'm in lockstep with Rachel right here. And a lot of these people that gave longer explanations were in that range as well, but as you'll find out as we keep reading... Not everyone is like that. Some are even higher than we are, actually. Like, hey, AB says three. <laughs> oh, boy, th doesn't this one hit too close to home? Uh, or it's too topical, rather. AB says three, but if Boo Booey graduated, then already a two. Yes, if Boo Booey never existed. Uh, <laughs> vibes would be a lot better for Michigan State fans, but unfortunately, no, he, he's, he still is in Evanston, and we learned that the hard way. The other night, uh, MSU fan Woohoo says 3.25 for now. Yes, he's given us the diving judge scores. 3.25, 2.75 when Malik comes back, and we see the same team from earlier in the season. We look like that tough team in the second half tonight. Totally, 100% agreed. The defense was locked down in the second half. So once Malik, one of your best defensive players, gets added back, Hopefully it doesn't take too long to reintegrate him into the lineup. I don't suppose it will. It's not like this kid's a freshman or a new player or anything. So he's been around for a while. I have faith that it'll be no problem getting him back. Deepwater Connoisseur gives me my favorite answer and maybe your favorite answer too if you're a football fan. Deepwater Connoisseur says, I'm at a two, but if we fire Ross Ells, I'll go to a one. That's right. It just... Firing the special teams coach on the football team is all it's going to take this gentleman to go from two to booking hotels and flights to this year's Final Four. So love love that spirit. Max says, <laughs> this is a actually really uh, probably a good idea here. We might go ahead and take this suggestion. But he says there needs to be a, quote, happy when they win and, quote, want to die when they lose option. Yeah, that's uh, just life being a very unhealthy Michigan State fan, which... I know everything about. And speaking of unhealthy, poor Tom. I, I hope everything's going okay over there. Uh, Tom rates this as an 8. Now, if you listen closely, you notice that there was no 8. 8 wasn't an option. 8 is beyond spiraling. But Tom elaborates and says, I can only follow the game on StatCast because actually watching this team is too stressful. Tom, you're a great fan. Uh, wow, that's, <laughs> that's tough. Um, I, I may have gotten there in the past uh but man if if i could live through that 2010 slash 11 season when they came into the year ranked number two 
in the nation and then barely stumbled to a 10 seed in March Madness. I, I don't know if I'll ever get to that point with a team that they'll upset me or stress me out so much that I cannot watch them. But believe me, I get it. I, I, I get how someone can get there. And, and, our, and our poor friend Tom is, is struggling. Uh, let, let's get one more actual answer here before we head to some football talk. Joey writes, three weeks ago, I was at a one. Yeah, uh, right with you, Joey. I've got to be honest. Today, I'm at a three and a half. If they had lost tonight, I'd probably be at a six. This team is toying with my emotions. And that's what we're going to close the conversation on because imagine how bad this would have felt if Michigan State did not win this game. Five and five, 0-2 in Big Ten play. You know the Big Ten is going to be a gauntlet. Yeah, sure, you have five games coming up at home, but really sucks when you have to rely on winning all five of those games to get any shred of momentum that you have going into that gauntlet. So, yeah, great performance all around by A.J. Hogarth. Fantastic from him. Joey Hauser, not his A game, but um, hello, when you can still get 12 and 15 without the three-point ball in his bag? Okay, well, if that's not your A game, then that's a pretty stellar B game, no doubt, from Joey Hauser. So, yeah, absolutely, positively love what we saw. Also, too, shout-out Tom Izzo, yes, Love him like a family member. Always have, always will, and got to give the man credit where credit is due. That was a great coaching job. Now, we're going to be talking to uh, about other, hopefully, great coaching jobs on the recruiting trail for football here in a hot segment. First, I have to talk your ear off about betonline.net. And let me tell you, I was sad earlier on this Wednesday because there was no World Cup. I, I couldn't donate money to betonline.net with my horrible World Cup picks. But, hey, BetOnline makes betting so much fun. It's even a good time when I'm losing in these soccer bets. But hey, we'll get it ramped up again this Friday. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can also find those on BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action. That is at Bet Online, where the game starts. And I hate to start a third segment like this, but if I could have two seconds to take a sip of this tea, that would be much appreciated. Thank you so much for your patience right there. Okay, I needed that liquid in my body. More than you know, parenthood is awesome. It's really great when you pick up your just lovely two-year-old child, and he coughs as you're picking him up, and you could feel... The germs hit the back of your throat uh, as that happened. I've been nursing a cold the last few days, and getting to those last 10 minutes of the podcast, I needed that sip of tea more than you know. So, yeah, uh, enough about me and my problems, though. Let's get to some fun football talk. Um, this was crazy. A crazy stat from Max Olson of The Athletic. He tweeted this out earlier in the day on Wednesday that in the last 24 hours, over 450 kids entered the transfer portal and oddly enough not, not a lot from Michigan State in that 24-hour span um yes Jarek Broussard left but that was for the NFL draft technically and hand up if you caught on the podcast yesterday that I said that Jarek Broussard went to the transfer portal that's my bad he went to the NFL draft so I just wanted to correct that mistake if you didn't already just know that was a mistake yourself um so Michigan State right now uh, in the transfer portal. Jalen Hunt, Deshaun Mallory, Chase Carter, Michael Fletcher, Jack Stone, Terry Lockett have all entered the transfer 
portal. Michigan State can add eight guys, whether that's more guys in the 2023 class coming in, or hey, if they want to use some transfers as well. But we're going to start this conversation with some quarterback banter. That's right. And I know that the eyes are on the prize for Dante Moore over in Detroit. Five-star kid, Detroit Martin Luther King. I suspect the staff will be going all out to try to get him as well. But plan B is already in the works. And uh, it's a little further away than Detroit. Uh, you got to go all the way to the Pacific Coast, kind of like where they found Caton Hauser. But yes, up in the Pacific Northwest, there's a three-star quarterback by the name of Sam Leavitt. He is a Washington State quarterback commit who has absolutely exploded in his senior year. Jay Johnson visited him not too long ago. Well, and guess what's going to happen this weekend? Sam Leavitt is going to visit Michigan State. Yes, he will be on campus, the six foot two, 185-pound quarterback out of the Pacific Northwest, just like I said, will be visiting campus this weekend. Michigan State right now, no quarterback commits. Yes, Bo Edmondson was on for the 2023 class, but there was a mutual parting of ways there. And now, well, Michigan State is trying to pry Sam Leavitt away. And this was a guy that Jay Johnson actually had on his radar for quite some time. And look, Sam Leavitt was not a guy that was always a highly lauded recruit. You know, he was a lowly, lowly rated three-star on 24-7 sports. But Jay Johnson always had his eye on him, even back then. But now, as this kid put up monster stats, really, really good film. Film that shows nimble footwork, can escape the pocket. Uh, can I wouldn't call him a dual-threat quarterback, but definitely can use his legs. And I'm just impressed by how far he can throw the ball with a quick flick of the wrist. I mean, it, it is a very impressive film, no doubt about that. And you're wondering, how is this kid only a low three-star? That's going to be changing here in a little bit. He has jumped already so high in these 24-7 sports rankings that another bump to full-fledged four-star four status, if I could talk, is not out of the question as well. So that's your exciting quarterback recruiting news right there. That yeah, Okay, if Dante Moore doesn't work out, which I'm gonna, I, it probably is not. It probably is not. I hope that doesn't shock you. Maybe this works out as well. Maybe you could pry him away from home. Again, because that, that will be tough. This is no guarantee. Okay, Washington State is in the kid's backyard. That There is comfort in playing close to home. But, yes, that is what we are looking at right now. Sam, leave it. Uh, also, too, Kedrick Rieskano. Yes, that's an old familiar name. He decommitted uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, didn't he? Yes, he did. Four-star running back. And uh, when he decommitted, he said that Michigan State will still be one of my options. And you, you hear a kid say that and... It, it, it's the same thing I say to like a like like a like a food court restaurant in the mall when I see something that's been sitting there for like three days and I look at the only worker there I'm like yeah hey, yeah I, I I might come back yeah yeah hold on yeah I'll, I'll be back in a little bit knowing full well I'm not coming back that's the vibe I got from uh, Kedrick when he announced that during his decommitment and I was wrong I was wrong because apparently this is still a thing Mel Tucker and company are actually going to do an in-home visit with him in the very near future. Kedrick Riscano is between Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, who he visited shortly after decommitting, or no, before decommitting from Michigan State. It was thought that the running Rebels were going to get him. It makes the deal even sweeter when Lane Kiffin stays in town, but he hasn't done anything with that. So, hey, there could very well be life for Michigan State to get that awesome four-star running back from Texas, Kedrick Riscano. 
We'll see if this is still a thing. I, very exciting late drama here in the recruiting cycle. And then also, I, like, yeah, another guy you got to throw out there too. Madden Sanker, four-star interior offensive lineman committed to Louisville. Nate Sutterfield just leaves in the middle of uh, bull prep. And, okay, now he does have the head coach. So we'll see if they can get him off of his commitment as well. And then Samson Onkhanlola is going to announce his commitment December 15th. Absolutely, positively, no one knows what he's going to do. Uh, any recruiting insider will tell you that he is the hardest person to get a read on, contact on, anything like that. But it has been a while since Okanlola has been to Michigan State. So that's a bummer. I don't suspect that Michigan State will be known as a leader in this commitment. And what doesn't help either is that before he commits on December 15th, he has taken an official visit to Florida. So it's Miami, Michigan State, Florida are known to be the top three, but again, like this kid can pick any college he wants, and he probably has any college that he wants after him as well, so he'll have his pick of the litter. There you have it. So that's all the uh, recruiting information we got for you. We have already talked about uh, Tunmache Adelaide. He is the uh, transfer that is visiting campus this weekend, so no further information on that or any other visitors from the transfer portal as well, but oh boy. Former top 40 recruit coming in this weekend. We got a 2023 quarterback coming in this weekend. Football is uh, exciting again. You know, hey, because yeah, it's not a bowl we can get excited for. We can get excited for signing day. And hey, all, all things considered, yeah, it, it, it's exciting for a good reason, at least. So we got that going for us. All right, gang, we will be back on tomorrow's show. We'll get more football talk in the mix. We're going to talk with Ryan O'Blennis of Spartans Illustrated tomorrow. Any other news that breaks... You know where to find us. Locked on Spartans. Hey, thank you so much for spending your night, your morning with us. You're the best. Go enjoy the rest of your week. Love you all. Go Green.